Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is a member of our adjunct faculty at Providence Baptist College, Dr. Terry Angel. Uh, Brother Angel is our uh, instructor of homiletics and church ed at Providence Baptist College. And it's my pleasure to have you with us today, Brother Great Angel. Great to be here, Brother Hallberg. Absolutely. Thank you. I remember when I was in college uh, and taking your homiletics course, I wasn't a, a pastoral major. I didn't have to take it, but I certainly benefited from it. And I use it, obviously, I'm in sure the ministry. You do. Absolutely. You um, preach here often. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Right. I, actually, I run the chapel schedule, so I can preach as often as I want, <laughs> technically. Um, you could have one of my slots once in a while if you'd like. That's right. <laughs> now you know the secret. That's it's right. The secret's out. But I wanted to explore uh, some of the topics that you uh, address in your homiletics course. You have two semesters of homiletics. Yep, and we do. I'd like to do a couple sessions with sure. you here of sure. improving preaching. Uh, the crowd here that we're trying to speak to is... Um, Young men who feel called to preach, or maybe assistant pastors, even pastors out there who want to improve their preaching. And sure. so, could you give us a little overview of the topics that you cover in your homiletics? Well, I believe course? homiletics is 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 a great, you know, it's a great class for anybody to take. Mm -hmm. You mentioned when you took it, you weren't necessarily called to pastor, mm -hmm. assistant pastor. But I put it this way to the fellows: I realize that everybody that takes homiletics is not called to preach, but every one of them ought to be able. If their pastor's going out of town, say they work at the bank or they work at the at the shop as a mechanic or mm -hmm. their computer technician or something, you know, and the pastor's going out of town, maybe the church is smaller, he doesn't have an assistant pastor, he can come to Layman Jones and say, hey, I'm going to be gone this Sunday, taking my wife on vacation, could you fill the pulpit? And that man, you know, should be able to step up in the pulpit and be able to preach, mm -hmm. whether he's called to preach or not. Sure. Whether he's called a pastor or not, he should be able to preach. So it's a great course for every young man to take, and I'm glad that most of the men that come through Providence take it, not because I'm teaching it, just because the subject material helps prepare anybody, yes, called sir. or not called, to preach God's Word. Interesting course. You know, when, it, when I first started, how, many, how old is the college? 20, 22, 23 22, years old. Yeah, so that's yeah. when I started. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm preparing this curriculum for homiletics, and I'm thinking, Lord, what do we want to do here? I know it's teaching about preaching. I understand yeah. that. And so I thought, you know, I think I'll do 50% of the lessons on preaching and 50% of the lessons on the preacher. Because you can't separate the preacher from his preaching. Yeah. Uh, we had a president one time years ago who tried to t convince us that his private life had nothing to do with his public life. And that, that doesn't happen, and especially when you're sure. a preacher. And so I designed some of the curriculum for uh, subjects like how to, how to build a sermon or, you know, seed thoughts or preaching type lessons. Mm -hmm. And then 50% of the lessons on the preacher, your heart, your, your spirituality, all about you because you can't separate the two. Well, so I think I taught maybe a year and I was down in Arlington, Texas. Bob Smith was still the pastor down there. Trinity Baptist had not started a college yet. He was teaching at another school somewhere in Texas. And we're riding in the car, and he's, he, you know, we're just, just really getting to know each other, and we had just met not too, too long before that. And he said, I teach homiletics. I said, I, said, I teach homiletics, Brother Smith. I said, how, do you, how, how did you do your curriculum? He said, I teach 50% of my lessons on preaching and 50% of my lessons on the preacher. Wow. So I thought, man, I'm in good hands here. <laughs> you know, it's a little yeah, validating. Yeah, 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 this is good. So yeah. I got it, you know, got it from the, the old prophet, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that's how we approach it. Um, you know, I, homiletics is a strange course, a little, a little bit of a strange course in that you're teaching, can I say it this way, the art of preaching? 
Mm-hmm. And it's not just getting up behind a pulpit and yelling for 40 minutes. You know, you got to, it, it's work. Mm-hmm. There's some sweat equity in sermon building. Yes, sir. Put, uh, but you can have all that down. And if you don't have the blessing of God on your life, if you don't have the touch of the Holy Ghost, if you don't have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you know, if you don't have, if you're not serving from a heart of love, like Paul said, you know, you could preach with the tongue of men and of angels. Well, certainly preaching is a spiritual exercise. It is. It's a mental, emotional exercise. It's a physical exercise. You're it's completely all of the drained. Above. All of the above. Yeah. And I try to incorporate that thought into the lessons that, fellows, preaching should engulf every one of your faculties. It should engulf your mental faculty, your emotional faculties, your physical faculties, your spiritual faculties. It should engulf. Jack Hiles published a book entitled From Vapor to Floods. Mm. From Vapor to Floods. And the concept behind the book was that, you know, sermon building and preaching is like vapor to floods. You're alone with your Bible in your study. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got some prayer time into it. You've got your notepad or in these days your computer, you know, and you're doing your Word document, you know. And over the course of four hours, six hours, eight hours, that sermon comes to you in the form of a vapor. You know, think of a vapor, just a very light mist. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes to you line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. You're building it, putting it together. It may take six hours, eight hours. Then you go to the pulpit on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and you flood out. That which you got in the form of a vapor now becomes a flood because you've got a time limit pretty much sure. in most cases. <laughs> some don't think so, yeah. but uh, and I can't, I can't uh, claim innocence there. I've preached some long messages, probably too long at times. But you've got, a, you've got a, a concentrated period of time where what you gathered by way of a vapor, mist form, now you go to the pulpit and you just flood it out. And it dispels yeah. that myth that a lot of, oh, you just work on Sundays, you know, but it takes a week, <laughs> it takes a week long to distill oh, all of those vapors that does. you're talking it about does. and gather it. And you know, then and sermon building. And I wouldn't, I'm not going to, you know, be dishonest. Sometimes sermons can be written in 60 minutes. It just, it comes, mm-hmm. it just, but that's, that's the exception. Sure. The rule is, I would say the rule is, is minimum three hours, minimum really, mm-hmm. and usually longer than that, you know, study, prepare. If you get into a series, you kind of know where you're going next, oh, Yeah, Makes but sense. when you're just preaching week after week, so yeah, it's uh, from vapor to floods. I've never forgotten that, and yeah. uh, now I live it week in and week out. Well, so. that's, when I think of homiletics, I think of that illustration where, um, that, that you just gave, and you gave it in our class, no doubt, and that's why I remember it, um, sure. because you're just, you get to the pulpit, and you explode, because you're full of it. <laughs> You're, you're gathering all of this, and you yeah, just yeah. You bottle it up yeah. until you're ready to. And it to involves, you know, and we talked a little bit about the, you know, the the subject of passionate preaching. And boy, if I just have one thing that just, uh, you know, we want the fellows to be biblically correct, but not so. It's almost bad to say it that way, isn't it? Not so, <laughs> I guess, polished or. That they, that they're that they're, they're just kind of by rote giving out facts, mm-hmm. giving out figures that preach to the head, mm-hmm. because as as independent Baptists we preach for the heart. Yes, sir. You preach for a decision. There's a big difference in how an evangelical and a fundamental Baptist present truth. You know, the evangelical it takes Matthew four nineteen 
Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So we see the Bible says here that if we follow Christ, we'll be fishers of men. And if we will follow the Lord Jesus, surely we will have our hearts and our eyes on the fields and we'll look for opportunities to be soul winners and present the gospel to people who need to be saved. Mm -hmm. And in following Christ, he will make us soul winners. Let's pray. And that's good. That's good. Yes, sir. Nothing wrong with what they said. It's the truth. Yes, sir. But the independent Baptist preacher takes it a little further. How long has it been since you got your New Testament out? When's the last time you handed a tract to somebody? How about the guy that you eat lunch with at work? Have you talked to him? What about your next door neighbor? You, you ask some <laughs> uncomfortable questions. Now we're, yeah. but you're, it's not just presenting the truth. It's bringing people to a point of decision about that truth. Mm-hmm. And so let's present the facts. Let's do it biblically. Let's, let's deal with the interpretation of a passage. Sure. Nothing wrong with making application, but let's, 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 let's deal with the interpretation and then make the application. And when we do it, let's be passionate about it. I mean, this is truth. Mm-hmm. This, this is truth. I mean, that, that sends chills up my spine when I think, you know, what we have in our hands here is mm-hmm. truth. Absolutely. If people build their life on it, mm-hmm. God never wrote a failure manual. He wrote a success manual. We get to preach to people about how to build a successful marriage how to rear children, how to handle finances successfully, mm-hmm. how to walk with God successfully. My goodness. There ought to be something passionate in our souls about that. And it's not, it's going to be, it's not going to come out the same for every preacher because God uses all kinds of personalities. We sure. know that, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be you. You don't have to be me. If you and I tried to be Cecil Ballard, <laughs> it would be, we'd flop. Oh, yeah. But we're not Cecil. Uh-uh. We're not Brother Ballard. You know, we're, we're David Hallberg and Terry Angel. So you're who you are. God's given you a personality. He's given you a mind. He's given you, you know, strengths and, 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 and assets and weaknesses and, and liabilities. And so you, you, you be you in the pulpit. But let that thing course through you. Let that truth course through you as you preach to people. Be passionate about it. If I could springboard off of the idea of being passionate, uh, a lot of preachers... Uh, when they think preaching, it's just screaming and yelling. And if and lift up your voice like a trumpet, like the Bible says, absolutely, absolutely be passionate. Uh, but the, obviously, there is a trick to the trade, mechanics to care for your voice, so that when absolutely. you're absolutely when you're when you're done preaching, you're not hoarse and you haven't damaged something. Yeah, well, absolutely right, and not just your own voice, but I mean, you could preach like a buzzsaw for forty minutes, and and after a while, people are gonna, it's like, ugh. oh yeah, you know. Man, calm down. I'm getting it, but you know, and I'm certainly not against loud preaching and hard prayer. I do some of that myself. But uh, I remember one time I was preaching at Cedar River Baptist Camp back in the Brother Smith, Dave Smith days. Yes, sir. And Brother Brown, who I'd worked for for 10 years, Mm -hmm. was only 25 minutes away and he came down to the camp. He knew I was preaching that week and he came down to the camp to hear me preach the morning message. And uh, man, I'm up there. It's August. It's like, you know, 98 degrees, 90% humidity, the sweat's dripping off your elbows. Oh, yeah. It's back in the days when there was no <laughs> concrete floor. It was sawdust. Oh, was it? Wow. Oh, you know, it was just, you know, rustic as could be. Yeah. And I am drenched. And I'm, I'm just, you know. And after the service was over, I, you know, kids were dismissed. I made my way to the back. And Brother Brown says, Terry, I need to talk to you. I'm thinking, oh, boy. Uh-oh. And we need to go. We need to go down to the uh, prophet's chamber. I need to talk to you. So I'm thinking, oh man. 
So we get down there. If you ever were in the prophet, we called it the dungeon. The basement, yeah. Yeah, it had absolutely. no windows, mm-hmm. nothing, you know. So I, I pull up a chair. You know, Brother Brown sits on the bed, and he said, pull up a chair. So I pull up a chair, and I'm thinking, man, what have I, what's happened About here? to get fired or something, huh? But I was still, I was pastoring. Oh, you are pastoring? Yeah, I was pastoring. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, have I preached something that's heresy? Now, Terry, if you don't do something different, you're going to lose your voice. Because I was a little bit hoarse at the end of that message. You're going to lose your voice. Right now, you can't see it. But in your throat, your vocal cords are bleeding because they've slapped against each other for 30 minutes out there while you were yelling. You never took a break, and they're bleeding right now, and you're hoarse, and, you're, and he just, <laughs> he went off on me about my voice, but he was yeah. right, you know, because there are some, there, there are mechanics to preaching, mm-hmm. and uh, it just not only in the care of your voice, but just in keeping the attention of people. You know, the fluctuation in volume mm-hmm. from low to loud. Uh, soft, bold, uh, just that fluctuation is enough to keep people's attention peaked. And look, let's face it, we live in the digital age. Yeah. If it's not jumping, lighting, sounding, popping off, keeping people's attention today, sadly, it's 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 a lot more difficult than it used to be. Yeah. And uh, it's because of the, the day and age in which we live. And I'm not saying be a comedian, I'm not saying be an entertainer, but I'm saying use some common sense yes, sir. in preaching. You know, and uh, all kinds, of you, all kind of little things you can do to keep people's attention. You know, you can, you can, you can point a finger. You ever been in a service where the preacher pointed his finger and you thought, "Man, he's touching my nose with it." You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just gets people's attention. And you know, it's funny as I, I teach a lesson on attention getters. There are twenty different, twenty different attention getters. Okay. And not long ago, we had a a, a preaching day in homiletics, and. One guy, one young man got up to preach, and it, I was tickled because it's like he put in his notes every one of those attention oh, really? Matters. So he's clapping all his hands, and he hits the pulpit, and he points his finger, and he pulls his pen out and puts it in his, I mean, everyone, it's like he's going down the list, like he had written it in his notes, but he paid attention, you know, and, right. and we did too. So uh, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing in the world. It, it, there's an art to it. There's technique, uh, and yet. Again, if you don't have a walk with God and some kind of blessing of God on your life and mm-hmm. your message, it, it just falls flat. So I tell the guys, learn, keep good notes, take good notes, keep good notes, refer to them, but go out there and pray. Mm-hmm. Pray, you know, pray the, the blessing of God on your life, you know, because you can be homiletically correct. Sure. And be nothing. Yeah. Be nothing. So. And we're back to that same point again. It, it's, it's this all-encompassing, do your homework, do your preparation. Exactly. To include the spiritual as well, because if yeah. you don't do that. And, and, and the preaching worthless. is, the, the actual preaching is like the tip of the iceberg in the ocean. Okay. It's... Everything else is below. Everything else is below. Yeah. It's that time spent in just your devotions, praying, studying, waiting okay. on God. That's awesome. One more thing uh, before we go. Let's just reach into a little bit of the sermon preparation uh, arena here uh, before we're done. What types of sermons are there? I mean, when a preacher gets up to preach, he's got to kind of know where he's going to take the sermon, how he's going to present well, the information. Well, technically, there are five or six different types of sermons. You've mm-hmm. got uh, uh, a personal testimony sermon. Okay. Uh, Carl Hatch had a great personal testimony. Lonnie Graves. I mean, these are guys that preached uh, years and years ago. Lonnie Graves was a, a, a gypsy okay. and uh, had a great, great, you know, testimony. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's the expository, 
you know, yes, where you take a passage, you break down verse by verse. There's topical, there's textual, there's historical incident, there's biographical, where you take a character in the Bible's life mm -hmm. and, and, you know, di diagnose it a little bit, you know. Um, for young preachers, yes, sir. the safest type of message to preach is an expository message. It really is, you know, uh, because you're kind of bound to that text, that passage, and it's hard to go wrong. If you've prayed and studied and come up with the right interpretation, going verse by verse, it's difficult to go wrong. Get yourself in hot water. Uh, but there's a use. There is a place for topical preaching. There is a place uh, for biographical preaching, where you take the life of David or you know somebody else in the Bible and, mm -hmm. and, and talk about it. Maybe a series of sermons, you know, on Paul, Paul's missionary journeys. But uh, that, that 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 part of it. I find myself um, probably more often kind of back to the expository style of preaching now after, what, you know, 40 years, uh, not counting the years in Bible college, out really? of Bible college, yeah, 40 plus. And so, so you started out mostly expository preaching, you drifted more to topical, topical and you're drifting back yes, again? yes, and just okay. kind of now back, and I still preach some topical messages, yeah. you know, but... Uh, as a pastor, I mean, there are issues that you need to address, deal with. and you've got to deal with those, and topical messages yeah. are for that purpose. Issues in the church, issues in people's lives, issues nationally mm -hmm. in our world. You know, Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say that, you know, you can't build a, a strong church. Uh, you can't build a church by preaching, preaching on issues, but you won't build a strong church unless you preach on issues. In other mm -hmm. words, you can't preach on them all the time, but if you're going to build a strong church, you're going to have to deal with the issues of the day. And uh, that sometimes results in a topical message. Sure. So. so on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, even preaching conferences, some youth conferences like you do, do you tend to, you know, gravitate to one of those styles on a Sunday morning? In my, Sunday, in, in my church, Sunday after Sunday, I'm more expository. But not, but not, not in the sense of starting in the book of the Gospel of Luke and preaching through it. Okay. When I say expository, I'm talking about taking... Luke chapter 4 and preaching through the first 16 verses or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, or the first 10 verses or taking, uh, taking, the, taking a psalm and preaching through, the, through eight or nine verses in that passage. Not in the sense of preaching through an entire book. Yeah, I've done that. a series. I've but, done that, yeah. you know, and other preachers have, and it's, yes, it, it's necessary. But, yeah, I mean, youth conference is more topical. Mm -hmm. Camps, more topical. Um, to my church on a weekly basis, more expository in the sense of, and I think some guys, you know, some of those titles or, or types of sermons kind of bleed over into each other. Certainly. You can actually almost make a textual message and expository kind of the same. The textual message, you've got several verses and you're preaching through them. Mm -hmm. Just finding the mind of God. I read the, the, a book called The Shadow of the Broad Brim Hat. It's about Spurgeon. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, he said, you know, to... That for him, the most difficult thing was finding the direction God wanted him to go for that next message. And a lot of times he would have people over to his house Saturday afternoon for a meal fellowship. And at 6 o'clock, he kicked them out. And he'd go to his bedroom and make sure that he had the direction for tomorrow's messages. Now, that's Spurgeon. Yeah. If I waited till 6 o'clock Saturday night, <laughs> my, ch my church would be in trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it is. It's that, it's that, and that's the difference between being a system pastor and a pastor. You know, when you're done on Sunday, you go home, and the, and the first thought in your mind on Monday morning when you wake up is, I'm going to preach next Sunday. Yeah. Which direction am I going? You know, what's God want me to do? There's always the next sermon. Always the next week. Yes, sir.
Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll continue our conversation in another episode. And you can check out our other uh, episodes and other conversations with Brother Angel on our YouTube channel. So thank you so much for watching.